0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: As long as you can make it through those downturns and keep pushing forward, there's going to be a bigger and better late at the end of each tunnel that you go through.
0: Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best-ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you... Get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you, best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool that'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work analyze the profitability of the project or if it's not profitable you need to know that too and make a determination on the max purchase price super important you can print out all the detailed reports And that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice ever. With us today, Chris Heron. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Chris. He is a real estate investor and full-time business analyst who purchased his first property three years ago and has bought 54 rentals since then. Holy cow. He's looking to retire his W-2 job in March and start partnering with other investors on larger multifamily properties. He is based in Janesville, Wisconsin, And his wife operates an in-home daycare, and the reason why that's relevant is because he told me we might need to edit out some kiddos who are coming out of nap time here in a little bit. So we'll see if that happens, and we might just roll with it. Chris, what do you say about that?
1: Oh, she does a good job. So uh, we should be all right.
0: (laughs) Well, if not, then I actually worked at a daycare when I was in college. And then also I manned on the weekends to make extra money. So maybe I can help out if needed through the microphone. (laughs) All right. We'll keep that in mind. All right. With that being said, Chris, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Like you said, I started in real estate about three years ago. I saved up $10,000 and in that course of that time, I studied everything I could about real estate. So I listened to podcasts, went to seminars, I went to RIA meetings, and then the time came to purchase our first duplex. So I went ahead, implemented everything we learned. We bought a property correctly. I bought a a duplex for $55,000. We closed through a bank up front and the appraisal at that time came in at $80,000. So I still studied and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do with this? I see some equity in there. And we came up with the plan that we would go to a different bank, go ahead. And they would cash out refinance off of 80% of the appraisal. So at an $80,000 purchase price, we were able to then put a new loan on the property for $64,000. And this just happened to be everything we had into the property, including the rehab costs. So about three months later, we had all of our money back out and our first cash flowing duplex. So we went ahead and we bought a triplex at that point. And that one, I was still in my learning phase. So it didn't turn out quite as well. It's a great cash flowing property. I picked up at $59,500 $59,500 and it rents out for 1500 a month, but it appraised at 60000 right at the purchase price that I bought it for. So I sunk my down payment there, which was all right because I spent the next five months rehabbing all these units on my own in my spare time. Like you said, I do have a full-time day job, a hundred mile commute. And on the weekends, I do play disc golf professionally. So I'm usually leaving around Friday night, getting back late Sunday night, sometimes Sunday afternoon. So it doesn't leave much time for me to do real estate. I really did a lot of my stuff between eight o'clock at night and midnight. So after I put my kids to bed and uh, help around the house and, and just eat dinner. So we had a pretty busy schedule there. So then what happened was I decided, okay, we found a plan where if banks were appraising these properties at what we're purchasing them for, even though we, are, we know they are steep discounted prices, We turned her back around and started looking for ways we could gather other capital. So other investors got some lines of credit. I took out a HELOC, a 401k loan, and I was able to build up some cash reserves to go out there and actually buy these properties all cash. So once I'd buy them all cash, we would then turn around, rehab them, put tenants into place, and then go back to the banks, have them appraised. And now the appraiser could justify, hey, if he's only buying this for $20,000, he put some money into it. I can justify this is truly a $50,000 property. And so now that we could go back out, refinance, we could literally pull out 100% of the capital that we put into these properties and turn back around and do them again. And so about a year and a half ago, I set a goal of buying two properties a month every single month and I held to it for basically the entire time frame up until this last fall or so. And then I started getting into a little larger package deals. So one of the bigger deals that I just took down was an 18 unit deal, which is eight properties, all multifamily units, and ended up buying them at about 68% of what they appraised at. So at the closing, the bank literally actually covered the entire purchase cost of the property. And I walked in with no money, and I walked out with $5,000 in prorated rents and 18 sets of keys. Mm. So fast forward to now, we're up to 54 units right now. And uh, like you said, I'm excited to retire from my day job here in March. We just hired a new employee that we're just going to take about two months to train them and take over my position. And At that point, going forward, we're actually looking to do a similar strategy where I'm going to look for apartment complexes and a forced appreciation upon them and hopefully refinance our cash back out within like an 18 to 24-month time frame.
0: Once you got the second deal, the triplex, you got a good cash-flowing deal, but it appraised for what you bought it for, the 60000 So, you needed to get more creative, and then you said you went to other investors, you did a HELOC, you did a 401k loan, and you got more capital, and that got you up and running again. From those three sources, which source was the largest pool of capital that you received, and how much was it? In the get-go,
1: I first went to friends and family. So I borrowed about uh, a $20,000 loan from my parents to get my third property. That was tapped out as well. We ended up selling that property a year later and got all the money back. So it took me about three properties to really get the the buying down correctly. And so then after that, we went to a bank. I got two unsecured lines of credit for about $15,000 at 5%. We got a credit card that they gave us free cash advances, and that credit card was at 8%. And then my HELOC was $20,000 of which then about a year later, we found a bank that was willing to do 90% LTV and we got that up to $40,000. So over the course of the next year, we built up about a $100,000 line of credit that we cycled through these two to three properties a month. Then I did get a $50,000 investment from another investor at the Madison Area. Now that one went into a flip that basically sat there for about nine months and I wasn't able to turn that money. I've only done one flip and my bread and butter is buying cash flowing rental
0: property. Mm -hmm. So with the funds that you're acquiring initially to purchase the cash flowing rental properties, the basic model for the entity or the individual that's lending you the funds is that they lend it for six to 12 months and then you do an appraisal on the property, cash out refinance, you pay them back and then you hold on to it long-term.
1: Well, really, my funds are all coming from revolving lines of credits. Right, 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 yeah. Helox. And I borrow that money, and basically I buy the property. It takes about a month to rehab. And when we're doing cosmetic rehabs, we're not doing full gut jobs. I don't buy properties that require foundation changes or moving bedrooms around. We're buying in low-appreciating markets. So these house prices are around $50,000 or so when they're all said and done. So I got to be careful not to put too much into them. We paint everything. We put new windows in if we need to. We always put new floors in and put new doors in. And that's about the extent. And obviously we replace the HVAC and plumbing if it needs to. So with those lines of credit, it takes about a month to rehab them and then rent them back out. And then I do the refinance process. All in all, it's about a two to three month process from the time I purchase the property to the time I get the money back.
0: Okay. And what are you leveraged at for your properties now in your portfolio? When you say leverage as What's in your loan um, to, value?
1: Loan to yeah. actual market value, we're at about 72% right now. Okay. Uh, so, And this is because I am pretty new to this. So I'm trying for this 80% loan to ratio values and I'm trying to pick up as many as I can. But now we're far enough into it where our properties from two or three years ago are starting to build up a little more equity. And on top of that, I've been getting better at buying properties. So I can get those loan to ratio values down to 75, down to 72% and still get all my money back out.
0: What's the challenge you've come across, not related to acquiring funds, but more on an operation standpoint? An operation standpoint? Well,
1: as far as running into issues with properties? Yeah. I guess right off the bat, my second property I bought, this is a a month into this, I was at work and got a phone call from the city. They came out and they said, well, we got a phone call from your tenant. They said they haven't had heat in five days and they're heating their property with the oven. And uh, this is in the middle of winter in Wisconsin and this just happened to be the coldest week there was. It was about minus 20 degrees. They said that I had to put the guy up in a hotel room until we got the furnace fixed. So I started freaking out there a little bit thinking 50 bucks a day is going to crush me with only one property. So then I didn't have my network set up either. So I had to start calling around and finding the HVAC guy. I finally found one that said he was willing to go down there the next morning. So I left work early, went down there, set up some space heaters in the property. And we did have a property manager that was managing this, and they never told me about this. So that manager, needless to say, no longer works for us after this incident. So we got the HVAC guy. The next day, he called me at work saying he couldn't fix the furnace. He said he couldn't go down in the basement because there was a sewer backup, and (laughs) there was six inches of sewage throughout the whole basement, and he was gagging just trying to go down there. So then now I'm freaking out, trying to figure out how do I solve this issue. So I had to go call a drain guy. The drain guy gets down there, and he calls me later that night saying, I think I found your problem. First of all, I'm pulling up about a hundred different drug bags here, just plastic Ziploc bags <laughs> that have an kind of, uh, issue with their tenant upstairs. I'm going, oh my goodness. So now I had to start an eviction process from the guy upstairs to get him out. And eventually we got that cleaned up. Eventually we got the furnace working. Eventually we got everything set back up and the tenant that had to heat out for six or seven days was not very happy and he's stopped paying rent. So now I was evicting the guy upstairs and Then I also had to start the eviction process and the guy who didn't have any heat. This was all within like my first month of owning a property. It was definitely tough to deal with without having the systems in place and trying to communicate from my job over lunch hours. And I guess at that point, I could have made a decision to just get out of real estate completely and give up. But I know it was a proven factor for a lot of people out there. And so I stuck with it. I still went ahead and bought the next property and I wouldn't be here today talking to you if I would have quit.
0: How are you finding these deals that have built-in equity in them so frequently? When I first started, I was offering a bunch of offers right off the
1: MLS. And so I'd send out quite a few offers, about 30 to 40% below what the list price was. And it was almost a numbers game. Most of them would come back saying that they were insulted by my offers. But every now and then, you'd find a motivated seller that would come back and said, if you can close quickly, we're able to sell this property to you. So that started to dry up right around the end of 2015. That's when I went down. I bought a couple properties off of Craigslist. I have bought some off of Zillow. And then we switched over to direct mailing. And so that's where I do the typical yellow letter, handwritten envelope, and build a list I actually mail letters to. And that's been by far our biggest source for finding the steepest discounts.
0: What suggestion would you have for a best-ever listener who's trying to replicate the business model that you're doing? First and foremost, I would highly recommend,
1: if you have the ability to, to save up that first down payment. That's just going to be your safety net. So I love my strategy of buying a property all cash. It doesn't need to be yours. It can be another investor's, it can be a bank's, it can be a family member's, it could be a partner's cash, and then refinancing it all back out within a two to three month time frame. But you're always going to make mistakes. I'm not perfect on all of these properties. So I've bought plenty of properties that I thought were great deals and the appraisal came in at exactly the price I bought them at. So I was out a six to $8,000 down payment. Now, luckily, now we have enough cash flow that we can go burn right through those in the course of a month and get that cash flow back up to where we need to be at. But when you're first starting out, you don't want to borrow that money from an investor, promise it back within two to three months, and then find out that property didn't appraise where you thought it would. And now you're stuck trying to scramble for a down payment. So I would highly recommend make sure if you have the capabilities of saving that down payment up first with intent to actually pay all cash using other people's money, refinance back out and moving forward. And that's kind of your safety contingency fund for if there are mistakes or if the rehab does go a little over budget, you do have that money and you're not scrambling trying to figure out where that's gonna come
0: from. If you weren't doing the rehabs yourself, would you have been able to scale this fast?
1: We should touch base on that. I did all the rehabs myself in my first three properties. And that took me a course of a whole year and I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I didn't know what I was doing at first. So I went to YouTube, I was watching all these videos on how to change a toilet, how to put in a floor, And uh, it really gave me a good experience of what it takes to rehab a property and what to look for when I walk through one. Now, that being said, my initial intention was to bring in a contractor as soon as I learned how to do this and then scale it full time. So after my first year of doing one or two properties, we brought my contractor and I already knew at that point exactly what I put in the properties and what light fixtures to change and what color paint I want to put in the walls. We just handed all that over to my contractor, let them roll forward with it. And that's the point where we went from buying one to two properties a year buying one to two properties a month. There's no way you can scale that up if you're doing everything yourself.
0: What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: (laughs) Well, my best real estate investing advice ever is to have perseverance. So again, like I said, with that initial story I said in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs in investing. There's going to be problems and hurdles. And actually the bigger the problem, there's usually the bigger the payoff if you can succeed. And so as long as you can make it through those downturns and keep pushing forward, there's going to be a bigger and better light at the end of each tunnel that you go through.
0: Can you give us an example of perseverance that you've had in your own career? Oh, man. I could, but that's what I just did. I guess I
1: gave that story too soon. My story story is persevering through the, the whole sewer basement.
0: Okay, got it. No, I like that. That was a good one. What about another challenge that has come up for you that you... I had to overcome?
1: Well, one of the bigger challenges in implementing this strategy is finding a bank that's willing to do a cash out refinance at 80%, especially within a two-year time frame. The bigger banks are going to ask you to do at least two years worth of seasonings first. And on top of that, if you're trying to buy a property in your own name and do conventional lending, this process will most likely not work. What I've done is I've built relationships and called plenty of different banks to find out who's actually able to do a cash out refinance at 80% to an LLC. And what I've found is those smaller community banks, they're the ones that are more open to doing the cash out refinance and not looking at the purchase price, even if you bought the property two to three months ago. And so if you're living in a bigger city, I would start going to the outskirts, start looking at some of the rural banks and some of the smaller towns, maybe on the outskirts of the city to see if they're willing to work with you. I've heard a lot of people in larger cities call the the bigger banks and they just have no luck with the refinance. Mm
0: -hmm. Great point. Thank you for mentioning. Portfolio lenders are our best friends, especially if we have a W-2 income. The portfolio lenders would be community banks and credit unions because they keep the loan in their portfolio. Therefore, they have more flexibility in terms of how they can structure deals. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. And as far as the challenge, because that certainly would be a challenge that a lot of the best ever listeners will come up against when they implement the strategy. And
1: after I started doing this, I did my first five and, and they were all very successful where we were able to refinance hundred percent of the cash back out and the bank started catching on. They're like, Hey, we're really financing hundred percent of these properties. And they cut me off. They said, they're no longer going to do a cash out refinance. At that point, that was the only bank I had. So I was actually pretty crushed at that point. And I thought all my real estate hopes and dreams came falling down. But what it is, I just turned around and started calling more and more banks. And uh, soon before I even knew it, I had three other banks that were willing to do this process. And we're
0: back up and running again. You ready for the best ever lightning round? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash bestever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash bestever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. fundthatflip.com forward slash Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the Best Ever Conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's gonna sell out, besteverconference.com. I'm gonna be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are gonna be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I wanna meet you in person the best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com. Best ever book you've read. There's a lot of good books
1: out there, but I'm going to have to go with e Revisited. It really taught me to not trade my time to go paint a property. My time is better spent working on negotiations, finding the deals, negotiating with the banks, finding funding rather than painting a wall. Even though I, I love doing the rehab myself, I really got to spend my time on the business, not in the business.
0: Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? That's a good question. This comes to mind because I
1: just finished reading the Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. So what this taught me was I really need to focus on all aspects of my life, health, wealth, family, career, community, giving back not just one thing. So in the past, I usually just focus on one thing at a time, whether it was disc golf or archery or, or real estate or whatever I was into at that time, I devoted 100% of my thoughts towards that and focus towards that. And so now realizing, okay, there's more to yourself than just one aspect. And so branching out, taking care of myself, working on my health, working on my family, working on just giving back to the community, working on my finances, all that has really changed me. I'm starting to implement this for 2017.
0: Best ever deal you've done. It's probably going to be that 18-unit
1: package deal that I picked up. Actually, basically, it was 15 properties and 25 units, which is actually too large for me to even take down. So I I partnered with another person from the Madison RIA. We went in together with a split offer, and I picked up all 18 units for no money out of my pocket. We picked them up for, I think it was 68% of the appraised value. The bank came in and covered the full cost, and we picked up about $1,000 a month in cash flow. Best ever way you'd like to get back? I think my favorite way is attending local RIAs. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me recently from the Madison area that want to sit down and have lunch together. And so I love having lunch and just talking real estate to someone else.
0: What is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate
1: investing so far? So far, I haven't made any major mistakes that have ruined my business. So a lot of small mistakes, and they're all good mistakes. One that comes to mind is that the house I mentioned I flipped earlier. So we got that one closed out, and we're ready to sell. And about three days before the closing, Someone broke in and stole all the copper plumbing out of the house. And we had to delay the closing, fork over about another $6,000 in cost just to replace the plumbing. And then my insurance broker fought with the insurance company to claim that. And they denied it. Not only did they deny it, but they dropped my coverage on my entire LLC and lost coverage for about 20 units. That was a mistake. So my lesson learned there was if you have a vacant house and you're listening on the MLS, I would always park a truck in front of the house keep a backlight on, and have a radio that's playing so if anyone approaches the house, it sounds like someone's still there working on it. And then I would be very leery of fighting an insurance company for a small claim of several thousand dollars when you could potentially lose insurance on your whole portfolio.
0: What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you?
1: I'd say biggerpockets.com. If you look me up there, Chris Heron, it's H-E-E-R-E-N. I check my messages daily, and I try getting back to every person that reaches out to me.
0: Chris, you have given us a template for how to get to 54 rental units in a very short amount of time, in your case, three years, but really it picked up, I believe you said a year and a half ago, right, when you made a commitment to yourself to buy two properties a month?
1: Yeah, I bought 30 units, Just uh, actually it was 24 individual properties just
0: in uh, 2016 alone thats some I don't know what the that is some crazy activeness that's for sure. Well, thanks for talking about the challenges that a best ever listener will come across from a financing standpoint. Build those relationships with the portfolio lenders. It's going to be challenging to find companies or, or institutions that do cash out refinances at 80% to an LLC, but they are there. So build those relationships locally and then also finding those properties, you talk about how you're finding the properties. And you talked about how you're securing funding for the properties, how you recommend getting the money for your first down payment, and then continuing to roll from there. Eventually, we're going to come across properties that we don't buy quite right, and we're going to be at the appraised value. Our purchase price will be at the appraised value, or all-in price will be at the appraised value. In that case, we're going to have to start over, get some money, and then keep going and take that for as long as we can. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks again. Best-ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the Best-ever Conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.